When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, Doing It at Home family, and welcome to the podcast. We have another magical episode for you today, a birth story. And gosh, it's just crazy awesome that we are almost at 200 episodes and that we are at this place. It's just, it's really amazing. So thank you so much for your support in listening to the show. Whatever you do, whether it's a a comment, uh, a like, a subscription, a review, if you've been listening since we started the show, if you just jumped in recently and you binged the whole thing, or if this is your first episode, uh, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you. And uh, we're just so excited to continue this journey and to bring you these empowering stories uh, from mamas, birth stories, uh, thought leaders, and then sharing some of our own experience along the way. Uh, Real quick, before we hop into today's story, Doing It At Home shirts, they are still available. We did our first wave and now the second wave is running. So if you order your shirt now, you will get it in time for the holidays. Uh, So if you're looking for gifts for yourself, why not? Or your midwife, doula, uh, any member of your birth team, a birth junkie friend or mama, or you just want to support the show and rep Doing It At Home Pride and uh, wear a cool shirt that will likely spark up an interesting conversation, depending on where you wear it, uh, go to bonfire.com slash store slash D-I-A-H podcast. The link is also in today's show notes, so you can check it out there. Or you can go to our Instagram, and it is currently our profile link. So we have t-shirts, we have sweatshirts, we have hoodies, we have long sleeve shirts, and tanks. So In any kind of weather, you can rep your doing it at home gear. So yeah, go do that. Also, for you mamas out there looking for some extra support, accountability, and just someone to 
guide you through the experience of motherhood at any stage, whether that is in preconception and you're working on getting some things together, that mindset, that visualization, whether it's during pregnancy and you're preparing for that big shift and that change in identity and who you are and moving into that next phase powerfully, newly postpartum and you're working on keeping things together and understanding how this next phase is evolving, or you're a seasoned mama and you're just looking to pour into yourself and looking to invest time and energy into yourself. I am a balanced lifestyle coach and I work with mamas one-on-one and in group capacities to empower you and give you tools, support, accountability, look at your mindsets, your environments, your habits, and just connect you with the greatest, most powerful version of yourself and feeling balanced and your best. So that's what I do. And if you doing it at home, mama, listener, friend, are interested in learning more about that, please go to my website, sarahbivens.com, and you can look at the different coaching opportunities there. I coach one-on-one or in a group setting with my BAM tribe, and that is a group of powerful mamas that meet weekly to get into some real stuff. And uh, again, all of that is there for you at sarahbivens.com if you are interested in checking that out. Okay, today's birth story, Lauren Thomas is joining us, and she is talking about the transition from moving from her first birth with her son, Finn, and in preparation for her second with her son, Rory, how to come to terms with some of the trauma around her first birth. And so we learn about Lauren's process of research, education, and preparation that brought her to that point. We also talk about the really special magical connection with your midwife and to trust your gut along the way. And that's what Lauren did. She trusted herself and, you know, worked out the, the things that she, she had going on, you know, letting that go from the first birth. And she essentially dueled herself during her birth, which is pretty cool to hear about. (laughs) Also, baby Rory arrived in the middle of a snowstorm. So there you go. A bunch of really cool elements there for you. And I know you're going to love it. Thanks so much to Lauren. And here's her story. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Lauren. How are you? Hey, Sarah. I'm good. How are you? Awesome. I am super excited to talk to you today, and I'm just so grateful that you are here on the Doing It at Home podcast, hanging out with us and going to talk about some some awesome, powerful, magical stuff. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Great. Well, why don't you kick us off with just telling us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Yeah. Um, So we live in Western North Carolina. 
Um, I've been married to my husband for five years. We actually just celebrated our anniversary. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Um, We have two beautiful boys. We have Finn, who is three, and then um, Rory, who is almost seven months. Um, And I am a birth photographer. And then I actually also just opened an Etsy shop and I make bonnets for babies, which has been super fun and different. Oh, wow. That's cool. I need to see some of those. And we need to include links to not only your photography, um, which is amazing, but also to those bonnets. Because I'm sure a bunch of ears just perked up and we're like, what? I need to get one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I would love, yes, I would give you the link. It's been so much fun. Awesome. That must be fun. I mean, just as an aside, you know, to be in your creative flow, I mean, already as a photographer, but now to just um, increase that in another avenue and as a mom. And I just, I feel like that must be very um, grounding and then also just a a beautiful experience for you to express and have your own thing. Yes, it really is. And it's so different from photography because it's like physically making Mm -hmm. something with my hands. Yeah. so I love it. I love having both of those avenues. I love that I can do them both from home and be with my boys. I'm so grateful to have found both of those things. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, so birth (laughs) photography, what got you into that world? Yeah. Um, so I was a wedding photographer for a while and I got pregnant with my oldest And we decided that we wanted a birth photographer. And so kind of just through finding our birth photographer and kind of digging deeper into that world, um, I was kind of like, why don't I try this? This kind of seems incredible. And so I shot my first birth when I was about six months pregnant with my first. And um, I was hooked from there. I mean, it was amazing. (laughs) My first birth was a birth center birth. and it was in the water and it was just beautiful. And I, I'm, you know, just obsessed with it now. So, and I've shot, um, around 20 births now, and it's just amazing to be part of that. It's such an honor to be welcomed into that, you know? So yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so if you had to, I know it's probably really hard, but in one or two things, what do you love most about it, about birth photography specifically? Mm. I actually, I feel like I kind of get to play the role of a doula sometimes. Mm. So probably my favorite part is being there. So a lot of my clients I'll get really close to, um, while they're pregnant. Um, sometimes I'll shoot their maternity session. And so, We'll talk a lot and then, you know, towards the end, they'll start asking questions about like, oh, is this a contraction or what does this mean? Or And so I kind of get to go on that journey with them. Mm -hmm. And then when I get there and they're in labor, I get to help them through it and just encourage them and be a calming presence and also just, you know, capture the beauty of it all at the same time. And it's just, I mean, it's like so humbling and amazing every single time. Mm. So that's, and I would assume that you recommend mamas if they're interested to explore that option, right? Of a birth photographer. And yes. To have one. 100%. <laughs> I hear so many people say, I wish I had one with mm-hmm. my first or I regret not having one. So definitely if you're even kind of interested, reach out to somebody um, you will not regret it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in that boat too. We didn't even know it was like a real thing. And then of course, after right. starting the podcast and being in this vortex yeah. of oxytocin, right. you know, I get to see all these amazing <laughs> photos every day and I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing that yeah. next time for sure. Yes. 
Yeah. Next time. No yes. better, do better, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then tell us a little bit about your evolution in your own birthing experiences and how you kind of planned and yeah. prepared uh, for Finn and then how that mm-hmm. influenced um, how you planned for Rory. Yeah. Um, so with my first, I was definitely that person who I didn't think I wanted my husband in the room. I thought I wanted an epidural, like all the things that are so typical, I feel like in our society. Um, and then I got pregnant and I have, um, a good friend that has had now three, um, birth center births. And so she immediately, like, as soon as I told her, she was like, first of all, you need to watch the business of being born, Ah. (laughs) which I feel like is how so many, you know, journeys start with this. Yeah. It's like the starter Um, kit. (laughs) It is. It so is. So she told me to watch that. And then, you know, she told me like, come back to me with questions. Like I'd love to answer them. You don't have to have your baby in the hospital, which was kind of like mind blowing to me. Um, and I'm sure a lot of women. So, so I'm so grateful for her because I don't know where I'd be without that just little seed that she planted. Um, but I watched the business being born very early in my first pregnancy. And I mean, my whole world flipped upside down when Mm. it came to birth. And so I immediately started looking into, um, we had considered home birth with our first, but ultimately decided that we wanted to do a birth center. So we looked into the birth centers in our area. We did tours um, and we decided on a birth center. And then, I mean, the research just never stopped. (laughs) I was just, any five minutes I had, I was online, I was on forums, I was on Facebook, asking questions, learning as much as I could about birth. Um, and I felt super, super prepared and educated and um, excited going into my first labor. Um, so should I just go ahead and get into that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead and share, you know, what okay. that experience was like for you and then what some of the results were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we were excited. I felt super prepared. I felt like I knew everything, which now I kind of know is impossible um, (laughs) to know everything about birth. There's so many different ways it can go. But at the time I felt like I was just so ready. Um, And so my labor with Finn um, started off pretty normal. I was at home in the middle of the afternoon, things started, you know, got going. um, And we headed to the birth center about 12 hours later. And I was sure that we were going to have a baby so soon. And we get there and I'm two centimeters. So that was super, super disappointing. I can't even describe the disappointment in that moment. But, you know, we just kept on trucking. Um, So we were then at the birth center for another 12 hours. um, And I was kind of stuck at about a five. Um, So at that point, our midwife suggested maybe we need to transfer to the hospital get an epidural, um, and get some rest. And at the time I was ready for that. Um, and we just trusted our midwife. And so we took her advice and that's what we did. And then another 12 hours after that, my son was born. So I had a fairly long labor, um, and it was just not something I was expecting. So I had come into this feeling super prepared and excited, 
But then kind of the one thing I hadn't thought about, which was having a labor that was longer than like a day, um, is what happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I beat myself up about it for a long time. It took me a good year or so to, you know, be okay with the fact that I didn't have an unmedicated birth, which now three and a half years later, I'm looking back kind of like, why did you beat yourself up so much? Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, it's not it's not worth all of that. Um, and I hate that I felt so attached to that birth plan that I'd made, um, that I, you know, I really struggled for a long time. And so I feel like coming out of that and especially being a birth photographer and, you know, dealing with clients and oftentimes will ask me for advice. I kind of want to tell them, you know, have a birth plan, do your research. Totally. I don't regret any of that, but don't hold on to it with such a tight fist, you know? Right. So it's a hard balance, but, um, but I learned a lot from that labor and that birth. And, um, it definitely dictated what we chose to do the second time around, which was have home birth. Gotcha. And, um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you shared your birth story of Finn in its entirety on the birth hour, right? I did. Yeah. So So, if anybody wants to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So you'll send me that link and I'll include that in the show notes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as you're listening, if you feel like you want to get some richer context or, you know, we're going to get into the detail of, of Rory's. So to kind of have a comparison and to just hear more of your beautiful voice and and learn more about you, people can do that. (laughs) So I'll include a link to that. Um, but yeah, Yeah. uh, share with me a little bit about that processing time, you know, in between Mm -hmm. having Finn and then preparing for Rory, what that was like for you. You know, you said there were some things to to kind of get through in a way or heal or move through and um, Mm -hmm. what that was like for you. Yeah. So like I said, it took me probably about a year to kind of come to terms with it, I guess. I was just kind of really just disappointed and I couldn't believe that we had our baby in a hospital. It was just not what I imagined. Um, And you know, so I dealt with like a lot of sadness and it's so hard when you're dealing with like, I hate that this happened, but I'm also so incredibly happy and in love with my baby. Uh, and yeah. so you're dealing with like both of those things so at the exact same time. And it's, yeah. Yes. It's so hard. And I feel like other people looking in are like, I don't get it. Like you're holding your baby. Yeah. He's perfect and healthy. Like, like what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Um, And I also felt like I, again, like after his birth, I was moving sort of more into the birth world and becoming a birth photographer. And I was hearing so many other stories of women who had been, you know, traumatized or neglected or disrespected or, you know, having these really horrifying experiences. Um, And so I felt like my story wasn't, you know, it didn't really even match up to that. So I kind of felt like I couldn't really complain, I guess. And so oftentimes I would be talking to people and they'd tell me their story and it was just horrible. And it ended up in, you know, um, cesareans and all these things that they didn't want and they were traumatized. And so I was kind of like, oh, well, my birth was fine compared Mm. to that. And so you know, working through that, I kind of realized like everyone's 
story is different and everyone's trauma looks different. Um, and something that may not sound very traumatic to you could really, really affect someone else. And it just gave me a lot of respect for just, I guess, holding space for other people's birth stories. And when I hear other women tell their story, even if it sounds totally normal on paper to me, if they're struggling with it, I want to be that person that can help them through it. You know what I mean? So that was definitely a big takeaway for me is that um, everyone's story looks different and everyone's experiencing it differently. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I hope that all makes sense. It totally does. I feel like you're getting a lot of head nods and like, mm, mm. Like I do that. Like I'm right. that person in the back of a room who's like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but no, right. that, that resonates very powerfully because, um, yeah. it, it makes sense and yet it doesn't get old in terms of reiterating and reminding oh, yeah. ourselves of that because around every corner is someone else's new experience or you yourself experience something right. new in birth and motherhood and beyond. And, um, mm-hmm. just, just that per- almost like a permission that we need to, um, revalidate, mm-hmm. you know, or like reinstall that, like we have permission and allowance yeah. to, to feel and to express and to have our unique story. And it doesn't have to look like someone else's and we don't have to feel the same way as someone else does and all of that. Right. So yeah, totally right. exactly. with you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, so then where was the transition from, you know, with Finn going into it, a birthing center to like, okay, we're mm-hmm. just, we're going to do it at home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Finn was about two years old when we um, found out that we were having another baby and I had definitely done a lot of processing, talking to my birth team and I felt I was in a much better place as far as birth goes. So I was excited to do it again. Um, I had seen several births at that point, which I, you know, I'll talk more about when I tell the birth story, but seeing birth and being part of birth is, has been like such an amazing part of my labor. Um, so at that point I had seen several births and, um, having seen other women birth and being part of the birth world for so long was an amazing tool to have when I was in labor. Um, and I'll get into that more when I tell the story, but, um, but yeah, so we were heading into this um, pregnancy and birth and we were really excited and we definitely considered a birth center the second time around. Okay. But ultimately, you know, we met with our uh, home birth midwife and she just was such a sweet presence and just so knowledgeable and I mean, just midwives in general, I love working with them, but just there was something special about her and she came so highly recommended and it just felt right this time around to, um, to make it happen and just do it at home. So that's awesome. I love that, Mm. that connection. And, you know, I think it's different for everyone and what appeals to our personalities, right? As far as what we want in a caregiver mm-hmm. and, a, and a provider, um, maybe it's that they have some sort of record or accreditations or experience and, right. and, you know, they kind of hit on more of that 
um, mental kind of plane and that's what really attracts, or it might just be this, you know, warm connection and someone that could be, you Mm -hmm. know, in your own tribe or in your own family. And that's who you want there with you, you know, but you, that's what you, you have that option, you know, you have that option and right right to put forth what's most important for you, like what this person hits on and look for that person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm grateful um, and I know that it might be rare um, that we found someone who was kind of all of those things. Mm. She had so much experience and all different kinds of backgrounds with birth, um, but also she was just this amazing presence. Um, she's a Christian and we are Christians, and that was a huge deal for us. Um, and so just kind of all the puzzle pieces fit together. And it just, I, I'm definitely a huge proponent of trusting your gut when it comes to things in motherhood. It's honestly never seared me wrong. So for me, it was sort of a gut decision and, um, and we were just really excited from day one. So that's beautiful. I love that. (laughs) So what was different that if you, if you can note any remarkable differences from Mm -hmm. the prenatal care and the kind of planning and prep going into, uh, Rory's birth, uh, versus Finn's birth. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that was actually one of the things that I wrote down that I wanted to touch on. Um, (laughs) I was just listening to another episode of your podcast, um, the other day and someone, one of the women had mentioned that, when her midwife showed up to her house for the birth, her midwife didn't actually know if she had a vagina because she had never been checked or Ah. anything like that. Um, And I thought that was hilarious because it was so true. And I said the same thing was that my midwife, Nancy, she'd never even seen my vagina until there was a baby coming out of it. And so it's just so different. And that was one thing I didn't expect too was you know, I kind of thought out of hospital birth is out of hospital birth. And it was such a big difference to me from the birth center to the home birth. Um, with the birth center, I mean, there's still rules that they're following and they're working with um, here in North Carolina, they work sort of under the care of an OB. So they do have to get some things approved. Um, so there's still so many like policies and rules and kind of ways that they have to do things. And so then switching to home birth, it was just so much more like what feels right for you? What do you want to include in your um, prenatal care? What do you not want to include? Um, How can we involve you in this? Um, So even down to like, you know, you pee in a cup and they put the little stick in it. And my midwife walked me through like, this means this, and this means this. And you know, you, your iron is a little low, but the, you know, and so learning all of that for me was really awesome and important, I think, um, to know exactly what's going on with our bodies. So I don't know, it, it almost is like everything was different. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was definitely surprising to me because like I said, I thought, you know, oh, I had a midwife last time and we didn't, you know, we weren't planning to go to the hospital. And so I thought the prenatal experience would be really similar. And it was a very happy surprise. Um, it was very different. So Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, I I don't know if these are super coherent thoughts, but a lot of things came up for me as you were sharing that. I mean, for one thing, I just want to say it makes sense that organizations and institutions have to have things, you know, like you were saying, like like regulations or things that they have to adhere to. I get that. And Mm -hmm. I'm honestly super happy. I don't have to be that decision maker or I don't have to do that or like run an institution like that. I'm sure it comes with a lot of stuff. At the same Mm -hmm. time, it feels like if you were going through any natural, natural body experience and nothing was indicating there were complications to what your body was naturally doing, why would you Mm -hmm. not be allowed to like move however you want, do whatever you want? You know, it's just that, that mindset of it being a medical condition or complication and that it's not. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I'll just call it fascinating. I won't say one way or the other, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to choose not to get frustrated (laughs) about it, but just, (laughs) you know, the the thought that you couldn't move in a certain way when it's happening to your body and in a way that you, you know, know. oh, okay. (laughs) It's crazy. I know. I'm right there with you and I'm trying to hold back too. I get it. I I totally agree. Yeah. Um, And I actually, I heard this term recently and I, I don't want to like offend anybody, but I heard this term recently, um, medwife. Okay. Um, and it's basically a midwife who has sort of more of a medical background and does things a little bit more medically. And I just, it kind of, when someone said that kind of clicked with me, like all midwives are not the same, you know, all midwives are not created equal. Like, I feel like you expect like, Oh, I heard a midwife, like I'm good. Like my birth is going to go great. And I'm going to have all the things that I want to happen, happen. And it's really like, I'm just learning so much more as I continue being part of the birth world, that that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, and every midwife has their own story and their own background. And it's so important to find the one that's on the same page as you and not just assume that because they're a midwife, they're going to support all the same things that you want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm sure there's all different modalities and schools of thought and the way people are conducting their practice and where they're doing it. So yeah, you know, um, that's where the, um, research or having the conversations, having the interviews, Mm -hmm. being clear on what your values are and what matters to you. Like that's where you need to be responsible for, for yourself and what you're bringing to the table and not just make assumptions. Right. Exactly. Cool. Okay. I love that. That was a nice little (laughs) little tangent there. Um. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, yeah. so walk us towards the you know end of pregnancy and getting ready for birthing yeah. time. 
Okay. Um, so I actually, I guess I should mention too that during my pregnancy, um, my placenta was lying, low lying. Okay. So it was down near my cervix, um, which presents a possible complication. And so we were kind of monitoring it. So at our anatomy scan around 18 weeks, we saw that it was low lying. Um, and basically they want, um, your placenta to be at least two centimeters away from your cervical opening. Um, and that is just because obviously if the placenta is in the way of baby coming out, that's a pretty big issue. Right. Placenta previa, um, correct? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So placenta previa is when it's covering the opening and mine was actually not covering it, but it was very close. Gotcha. So we had to keep an eye on it and make sure that it moved. Um, So we had the one ultrasound and then we had another one at 28 weeks and it's still, it was at like, I think 0.8 centimeters. And so we were, we were going to come back and do another one and just kind of hoping and praying that it would move. Um, And so if it didn't move, we were going to be having a hospital birth um, just so they can monitor things. And then if need be, we were right next to an OR. Um, But thankfully at 36 weeks, right at the end there, um, it moved way out of the way. It was eight centimeters out of the way, which my midwife called a miracle. So that was very exciting. And (laughs) we kind of scrambled and got everything together, ordered our birth kit the last minute and um, started planning for our home birth. So that was a little hectic and crazy, but also super exciting um, because we were, you know, going to get to have the home birth that we were hoping to have. So that was a little crazy at the end, but, um, (laughs) but you know, it all worked out. So, um, moving into the birth story, I guess. Um, so with my first son, I went about a week past my due date. He was born a week after my due date. And so I was totally expecting that to happen again. I was trying to kind of just be in that mindset of like, you know, baby's going to be late. And then if he comes early, then that's a happy surprise. Um, so, you know, my due date came and went, um, and the next morning, um, it was snowing. We woke up to snow, which was special and it's exciting here in North Carolina. We don't get a ton of it. So it's always a special day and we have a snow day. Um, but it was funny because my, son's preschool they canceled school for the day and at the time I was so annoyed Sarah (laughs) and I feel so bad looking back but I was like oh my goodness you've got to be kidding me I'm hugely pregnant like I just want to sleep you know Mm -hmm. he I want him to go to preschool and me to get a break and so I kind of woke up grumpy and in a bad mood and um my sweet husband decided to stay home and work from home that day because he knew I just needed a break. I just needed to not worry about anything. And he was going to help with um, my son, Finn. And so that was really sweet of him. And so we kind of, you know, I got up and I kind of like decided I was going to make it a good day. I, um, you know, put on sort of like an outfit that I love and got my hair done and kind of like just, decided, you know, I'm going to make this a good day. Mm. So got up a little bit early, um, went downstairs, had my coffee and breakfast. And when I was sitting, um, I was sitting in our recliner having my breakfast as you do at 40 weeks pregnant. <laughs> as one does. Do everything in the recliner. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So I was sitting in her recliner and I started having some Braxton Hicks, which I'd been having all weekend. Um, and I kind of didn't think too much of them, but I decided to start timing them just to see. And they were coming, you know, pretty consistently about seven minutes apart, I think. Um, but again, I mean, it's just Braxton Hicks. They weren't painful. I figured when I got up, they would kind of go away. But then when I got up, they didn't go away. And so I kept timing them um, and trying to just kind of go about my business, not get too excited. Um, having had a 36-hour labor with my first, I definitely was just trying to rest and be in the mindset of like, this is a marathon. Um and not get too excited at any sign of labor. So I let my midwife know, but, you know, I just texted her and was like, don't worry, but I want to let you know what's going on. Um, so because it was a snow day, um, everything here in North Carolina shuts down. <laughs> the first snowflake. Uh, Atlanta, so, yes, I can, yes, yes, I can relate. You know, <laughs> yes, you know how it is. So um, we had planned to take our dog to the kennel for our birth. Um, he's not great with strangers. He has anxiety. So we um, had made plans to do that. And so we kind of had to make the call because the kennel was closing. So we had to decide like, okay, you're having something going on. So let's just go ahead and take the dog to the kennel just in case. And looking back, um, I'm so glad we did. Um, so my husband took my son to um, take the dog to the kennel and things were still, I mean, it was still just very early, nothing crazy. Um, I was still walking, talking through contractions, but they were coming pretty consistently. Um, I think like maybe five or six minutes apart. So I called my midwife and I told her what was going on and she kind of just decided to go run some errands and then you know, make her way here. She does live about an hour away. Um, so in the snow, I think it took closer to two hours. Um, so she was kind of going to make her way here, but no rush. And, you know, that was fine because again, coming from a 36 hour labor, I'm not expecting things to happen anytime soon. Um, I let my birth photographer know, and, you know, she had a shoot, so she was going to go to her shoot and then head our way. And so everybody, you know, was kind of ready, but not heading this way yet. Um, and so I decided to bounce on my birth ball and I turned on friends cause that's one of our favorite shows. <laughs> and, um, we watched that when I was in early labor with my older son as well. So, um, that was kind of special. So I turned on my show, I was on my birth ball, um, just kind of getting into the groove and, I called my husband and I was like, you know, you need to pick up bagels and fruit because we need to have snacks for the birth team. That was like my big thing. I was so adamant about <laughs> having tons of snacks for the birth team. <laughs> so we made sure we had everything ready for that. We had coffee ready, tea, you know, everything. I was like excited to be like hosting my birth team and I wanted everything to be there for them. So, so cool. sent him out on some errands <laughs> um, and you know, so they got back and I, I had my little moment with my son. Um, I feel like so many moms 
um, have that moment where it's like, you're not the baby anymore. And I think, you know, this baby's coming and it's like so bittersweet. You're so excited, but it's also like the end of an era sort of. Um, I can cry just thinking about that. And like, I'm not pregnant or having baby number two yet. Like I just can cry, like thinking about my eggs, like just hanging out in there and looking at Maya. It, oh, so that... I'll check back with you in a few years when that happens for me. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad that I was like conscious of that yeah. even while I was, you know, having contractions and I got to kind of have that little moment and I took a little like selfie with my son. Oh. And um, so I'm really grateful for that yeah. little moment that we got to have because I know a lot of people don't really get to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I had a little moment with him. Um, he was so not into it, <laughs> which is so toddler, you know, perfect toddler. Yeah. He was just like, whatever, mom, like, I got to go play right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, babe, love you. Um, so, you know, we had our little thing and um, my husband got him lunch and everything. Um, and then it was nap time for my son. And so my husband took him upstairs for a nap. And this is kind of where things got going. Uh, I called my mom or maybe she called me. I don't remember, but we were talking and I was, you know, telling her like, I think things are happening. And then I had a contraction and I had to put the phone down. I said, hang on. I put the phone down and she kind of heard me like vocalizing through it a little bit. And that was kind of when I was like, okay, like maybe things are happening and I'm, you know, in denial. Um, And so she said to me, wouldn't it be funny if uh, Finn had a baby brother when he woke up from his nap? And I was like, mom, that's crazy. Like, you're insane. There's no way it's going to happen that fast. Like, that's funny, but no, that's not going to happen. And we just kind of hung up and I was like rolling my eyes at her. (laughs) Um, So... Um, so then we, I called my midwife, I called, um, my birth photographer and my best friend was also going to come just to kind of sort of be my doula, um, but just to be some extra support. And so I let everybody know, like, just go ahead and come when you can, like no huge rush, but you know, I think this is definitely labor. So, um, when my husband came back down the stairs, I think is when he kind of realized like, Oh, like this is, this is it. Cause I'm starting to kind of vocalize and okay. um, I do like low kind of the like low moaning sounds um, that just kind of naturally happen. And so I was starting to do that, starting to kind of sway during my contractions. Um, and I kind of sort of instinctively like just wanted to be in my birth room. We had set up sort of our, it's well, it's our guest room office kind of everything room, but we had made it into our birth room. And so we had the tub set up and there's a bed. And so um, I kind of just instinctively wanted to come in here. I'm actually sitting in the room right now, which mm, is special. But all the energy, um, all the juju. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I instinctively just like wanted to be in that room. Um, one big thing with my son's birth is we never turned the labor playlist on. Mm. And so I was like, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going <laughs> to turn it on. I'd spent so much time making this perfect labor playlist. And so I turned it on. I actually did. Um, so I had it playing. I was kind of leaning over the birth ball. Um, like my knees were on the floor and then my arms and my head were kind of laying on the birth ball swaying. 
Um, and my husband kind of walked into this and was like, oh, hi, you're in labor, like actual labor. And I was like, yeah, like, I think that, you know, it's probably time. And so he, I think he just goes into, I don't want to say frantic mode, but just like get all the things done mm-hmm. mode. And so he's filling up the birth tub, um, which we had to attach the hose to our um, washing machine, which is in the basement. So that's kind of like a whole thing. So he did that. Um, and then he was also trying to like get back to me for every contraction so that he could hold my hand because I just really needed, I didn't need, you know, the hip squeezes or the back pressure or anything like that, that a lot of women like, I just needed a hand mm. to hold. So he had to like rush around in between contractions and then get back to me to hold my hand during a contraction. Um, so I think he was feeling a little crazy and like ready for the birth team to get here. Um, but he was amazing and, you know, he got everything done. He got the birth pool filled. He was helping me. Um, he got everybody called. So things were happening. Um, and we had one sweet little moment that I love thinking about where I kind of just stopped and I looked at him and I said, our Rory is coming. And we both just hugged and cried and it was so sweet. And I'm crying thinking about it (laughs) because just being present was another thing that I really, really had prayed for. Um, I wanted to be present and like realize just the beauty of what was happening while it was happening, which I feel like is such a hard thing to do when you're in labor. Um, And so I kind of, I just, I just love that moment because I paused for a second and just took it all in, you know? Um, So that was really special. Um, and then right after that, <laughs> my water broke. Yes. <laughs> and that was crazy. I didn't really feel my water break last time. Um, I think they broke it after I had the epidural. Um, it was manually broken. So for it to happen kind of on its own out of nowhere was pretty shocking. And I was like, oh, my goodness, my water just broke, babe. And, of course, I'm on top of a white pillow. I had my knees on our, you know, big white pillow from the bed. So, course my water would break on top of that yeah but um (laughs) so yeah so I kind of freaked out for a minute and sort of like braced myself for things to get intense um because just knowing what I know from birth um that can oftentimes happen like things just kind of move really quickly and get really intense after your water breaks um I don't know if that really happened I feel like I expected things to get about 10 times worse Mm. and I didn't really feel that happen. I know a lot of people do, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it kind of felt the same to me. So anyway, we, um, we kind of keep trucking and, you know, I'm having these pretty intense contractions and the birth pool is finally filled up, which I'm so excited about. Um, so I get up off of my birth ball and I said to my husband, I said, if they get here and they check me and I am two centimeters, just thinking back to my son's birth, if I'm two centimeters, I am going to the hospital, even if I have to walk there. Yeah. Like, I said that to him. I was like, I'm going. Sorry. Like, I can't do this. If this is two centimeters, mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah. And immediately after I said that in my head, I think I mentioned this to you when we were first talking. I kind of, I call it like I dueled myself. Nah. <laughs> so I heard myself say that. And then 
in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a great sign. If you're starting to say you can't do it, that means baby's probably going to be here soon. Ah, Just from mm -hmm. my experience as a birth photographer, um, there have been so many times where the mom will be saying, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this, or I want the drugs or whatever. And I'll kind of exchange a glance with a midwife or a doula. And we kind of smile because we know that that means you're probably in transition. Mm. And, you know, hopefully that means baby will be here soon. And so things like that were so helpful in my labor, just knowing what to expect and what's normal. And so yeah. when I said that to my husband, I like heard myself and I was like, Oh, like, hopefully that means I'm in transition, you know? That's so, cool. so that was kind of, kind of calmed me down. Yeah. Um, I feel like I am always learning, you know, with each conversation, I learn something new, mm -hmm. but that's something just right. recently I heard that exact thing that, you know, when you feel like you can't yeah. do it anymore, like that's when baby's coming and I get to connect right. the things that I hear and learning from your amazing stories mm -hmm. with my own birth. And I get to either gain more insight right. or I get to heal a little bit of something that may have popped up or after, you know, in the aftermath, something mm -hmm. that I'm still processing. And for me, I remember distinct, distinctly sitting on the toilet with Matthew sitting down beside me and I looked at him and I was just like, this, this hurts. And that was the first time I, you know, vocalized that I was either in pain or, you know, and I, I had right. that feeling of like, I really don't know if I can do this and then mm -hmm. come out of the bathroom, sit down on the birthing stool and she was born 45 minutes later. So it's oh like, I, I yeah. get it. And, you know, and I just love how I'm able to get mm -hmm. new nuggets like always. <laughs> yes. So I know. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And so that just goes back to like just how grateful I am to have seen all these births and, yeah. and supported these women because it helped me and it wasn't like a side effect that I was expecting, you know? Um, yeah. but it just, it helped me through my labor so much. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, to, it was kind of like, you know, there was me and then there was doula me and yeah. we were having this conversation. You oh, know? I think that's so cool. So yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, but, um, so I got into the birth pool after that, and that was incredible. Um, you know, I think there's sort of a misconception with the birth pool where you think it's going to, like, take all the pain away. Yeah. And I didn't have <laughs> that happen. Um, I don't know if other people experienced that, but that was not my experience. But it still just felt just the warmth. It just felt so good, and it just made things a little bit more manageable. Mm -hmm. So, um I never wanted to leave that birth pool. Mm -hmm. So I was, um, yeah, I was in the birth pool and that's when people started showing up. So, um, my midwife, so I had, um, my main midwife and then she had, um, an assistant midwife who is also, um, very knowledgeable. She has her own practice that she's been running for, I think like 20 years. So I was grateful to have both of these amazing women there. Um, so they walk in the door and just kind of start setting things up. Um, I'm sure it was pretty rushed, but it felt really calm. And I think that's also another amazing thing about midwives is they have this ability to like, just be calm during oh, yeah. any situation. Yeah. That's some Jedi stuff. Um, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, you need to teach me how you do that. So they were, yeah, they were getting everything ready. I think they, you know, could clearly see like baby was going to be here before long. Um, 
but they were just, you know, calmly setting things up. They were whispering, you know, my music again was still playing. It was just, oh, it, I just, it was so magical. Um, but yeah, so they started setting things up and my husband is still kind of, so he's trying to keep the birth pool warm. So the water's kind of cooling down. And so he's boiling water to try and keep the temperature up or else I'm going to have to get out. Um, and so kind of all these things are happening. And I remember this one specific moment where he wasn't in the room, he was doing something and I started to have a contraction and I kind of was like very obviously like reaching for a hand and my husband wasn't there. And so the midwife assistant came up and just instinctively just like grabbed my hand. And it was just so special knowing that like whoever was there, like there was going to be a hand there for me. Um, you know, she had like just walked in the door and she saw my hand and just grabbed for it. Um, so that was, I don't know, just a little moment that I thought was cool. Um, so yeah, so I'm laboring in the birth tub. I have no idea how far along I am, how long it's going to be. Um, and so I decided to have my midwife check me, um, and, she checks me and she looks at me and says, you are nine centimeters. And I am blown away by this. I am blown away. So I guess I didn't really talk about timing, but my son went up to nap around one. My water broke around um, 2.45 and then they, the midwives arrived at like 3.30. Mm. So it's not even an hour after my water broke um, and I'm nine centimeters and I'm like, this is insane. Like I know second babies, you know, come quick a lot of the time, but I had no idea. Like, this is so crazy. So I'm so happy to hear that. I'm honestly, I'm starting to make sort of like pushing noises, um, and, you know, kind of feel my body bear down. So I'm really happy to know that like, that's okay because I'm actually, you know, almost fully dilated. Um, at some point, after that, my best friend comes in and she's, you know, just, I'm so happy to see her. And she's just kind of, she doesn't even end up really doing much other than just being like a supportive presence there. And I'm just grateful for that. Um, and then soon after, so maybe like around four, four fifteen, my birth photographer's backup walks in so my main birth photographer is like frantically driving here um (laughs) in the snow mind you it's still snowing yeah um and so her backup kind had to come her backup lives closer to me than she does so her backup comes she gets there um kind of at the last minute but I'm so grateful that I do have some photos um so she came in and just starts snapping away and I'm so happy to see her because obviously I'm a birth photographer and if I didn't have photos, I'd be so sad. Oh yeah, I can so, imagine. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm trying not to focus too much on it, but I'm so happy and relieved when she gets there. Um, so anyway, I'm still, yeah, I'm still in the birth pool. Um, the midwives, so when my water broke, I still had, um, like my clothes on. And so we kind of put those clothes kind of off to the side, but we had saved the pad and the underwear so that they could see, um, what the water looked like, because, you know, if there's meconium or anything, like we wanted them to know. Um, so they looked at it and they decided, you know, there is a little bit of meconium. So we do want to be able to suction 
the baby when he's born. Um, And for that reason, my midwife wanted me to get out of the tub to push, Mm, um, which was a huge bummer. (laughs) I did not want to get out of that tub, but obviously we want to make sure everything is okay with the baby. So um, they, you know, talked me through the steps of like, okay, put your foot up and then bring this knee over and this arm here. And like literally every tiny movement of my body, they had to tell me what to do because I mean, I was nine centimeters dilated, like just totally in labor land. I couldn't do anything other than just, you know, focus on the contractions. And so they talked me through it. They, you know, they all lifted me up out of the tub and, um, got me on the bed. Um, and I was side lying on the bed and starting to push. Um, and so I'm kind of just, my eyes are closed. I'm just focusing on pushing. I'm making those kind of bearing down kind of growly sounds, I guess. Um, and really my body is just doing it. Like I'm not consciously deciding when to push and when not to push. It's just kind of happening, which was amazing and you hear about it but experiencing it is like just so crazy and intense um and so you know with my first I hadn't I had an epidural so the pushing you know you kind of feel pressure but you don't feel all of the sensations so that was one thing I was you know a little nervous to feel um I didn't know what that was going to be like and you know, so here I am and it's time and we're pushing and I knew that that ring of fire was coming. Um, but pushing felt so amazing because it's like, you're able to actually be part of it, I guess, and like do something. And, you know, also of course your baby's on this here. So it's all just very exciting. Um, so I'm pushing and I start to feel that ring of fire and probably women, listening to this are going to hate me for saying this, but it was not as bad as I had imagined it. (laughs) Um, And so I don't know, it just kind of all felt just productive and good. And like, I guess also maybe it goes back to the, just knowing that it's normal. And I think just knowing that kind of helps you um, deal with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but So, yeah, so I felt that ring of fire and it was, you know, it was fine. I was, I was handling it well, I think. Um, um, one thing actually, now that I say that, that I forgot to mention is that throughout all of this, I am in my head screaming as loud as I can during every contraction. Like I'm just, I, I try to be quiet, but I can't, like the sound is just coming out of me. And so in my head, I'm, I'm, just yelling so loud and I'm worried about waking my son up and all this stuff. Um, later on, my husband and my friend tell me like, you were totally not yelling that loud. You were really composed. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, I felt like I was like people outside could hear me. Like, it's just so funny. The con- like the conception of what you think is happening yeah, and yep. what's actually happening mm-hmm. when you're in labor. <laughs> um, But anyway, so I pushed, I think I pushed for maybe like actively pushed for maybe like 10 minutes. Um, And so his head comes out and I actually reached down and felt it this time. The first time I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, But I did it this time. And that was so crazy and cool and like emotional. Um, And then his head came out and it was crazy. His head was out for like a minute. 
before I pushed his body out, um, just because I didn't have a contraction and he was just hanging out there and we were just (laughs) all hanging out. I don't know. It was just like this crazy, like limbo of not born, but not Mm. fully inside me. I don't know. Um, and then his body came out and my midwife, I kind of, you know, leaned forward and reached and pulled him up to me. She handed him to me. Um, and just all of the things that I had wanted with my first birth and with every birth, they were happening. You know, I, I got to have delayed cord clamping and immediate skin to skin. He was right on my chest and he was all slimy and cheesy and perfect. And, <laughs> um, you know, all these things that I had imagined for so long that didn't happen the first time they were happening. And it was like just the most surreal thing. Mm. Um, and I looked at my husband, I said, is he really a boy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, we didn't know our first son's gender. And then the second time we did find out. And so I kind of, I had like trust issues with the ultrasound. I was like, I don't know if I believe you. Um, so I was like, is he really a boy? And we checked and he was, and he's perfect. And we told everybody his name, which we'd been keeping a secret. Um, and it was just, it was amazing. And just like my mom had predicted, my son woke up like 10 minutes later oh and he gosh. had his baby brother. That prophecy um, from was, mom. <laughs> crazy. I know, I know. I thought she was totally insane. And that's what happened. Um, so he was born at 4.33. So my son went up for a nap at one-ish, and then he was born like three and a half hours later, um, which it was a pretty long nap Yeah, can we also back, talk about but, how amazing that is? You know, there's some moms out there that's like, what? Yeah. Your three-year-old nap for know, three hours, what? I'm making some people <laughs> angry right now. But <laughs> I don't oh, know. Man. It's just like everything falling perfectly into place, but oh, he happened absolutely. to take a long nap that day, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he woke up and he came down and his baby brother was here and, um, we all just kind of hung out in the bed and, you know, I don't know. It was, I mean, that first day or so, or just the first few hours is like the most incredible time after you have a baby. And especially I feel like after having a home birth, because there's nowhere to be, no one to see, you know, there aren't people coming into your room. Like, it's just, it's just perfect. And I feel like it's like what it's supposed to be. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was perfect. The only little hiccup that we had was my placenta did not want to come out. I know, I know that placenta was giving me issues the whole time. Um, so finally I had to actually stand up to push it out because okay. it was not coming out. Um, so that was, um, I guess, like I said, it was like a little hiccup yeah. and probably the midwives were starting to worry, but again, they have that amazing ability to just stay calm. And I mm-hmm. had no idea that there was an issue mm-hmm. or how much time had passed or anything. So they were amazing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it came out and everything was fine. So thankfully, um, that all was fine, but yeah, I took a little quick shower and I got back in bed and I don't think I moved for like three days. Yes. <laughs> so wow, yeah, it was perfect. It really, it really was. I'm so grateful. So, 
Wow. And do you feel like you were able to look back a little bit on some of the things that you had, you know, processed from Finn's birth and kind of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, heal or whatever that that term is for you, heal, like settle, resolve a little bit more? Like you had already been doing a lot of work and internal stuff, but then, you know, with this, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you allowed even more of that to just kind of pass and move on? So... I'm going to be honest. This is a little tricky for me and okay. I want to be really honest about it because I I don't know if there are other people who felt this way, Yeah. but I definitely was expecting to, you know, have my home birth and have this, you know, you always talk here about women saying they felt so empowered. And so I wanted to feel this like empowered and just like on top of the world and like I could do anything. And, you know, I feel like I eventually got there, but my first um, reaction to it was, I I was kind of like, yeah, but I still can't do a 36-hour labor unmedicated. Like, I was still beating myself up for that first labor, which was not what I was expecting at all. And it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I was still kind of like, yeah, but anybody can do that because it was only a few hours. Um, You know, and so... I definitely still had some things to work through that I didn't realize. And my friend, my best friend who was there, who is actually the same friend who told me to watch the business of being born and all of that. um, She said to me with Rory's birth, you put all the work in during your pregnancy. You know, you chose home birth and you made these decisions and you set yourself up for success. Um, And that's why things went so smoothly and you were able to do it. And, you know, you shouldn't compare the two. Um, And so I think just hearing that, like you put in all the work, you know, you prepared for this and you, you mentally prepared for this and you researched and you know so much about birth and you, um, like I said, you set yourself up for success. Um, just hearing that I think helped me kind of be like, yeah, you know, like I made these decisions beforehand that, um, that made this a successful home birth and that empowered me more, I think. I like your friend a lot and think you should Mm -hmm. keep her (laughs) for a very long time. Oh, I will. Um, I definitely will. (laughs) That's awesome. What I love about that, first of all, so inspired by your your courage and sharing what the truth is and that it wasn't just this like, right. yes, in the moment it happened, you know, everything, you know, right. became clear <laughs> and what, you know, cause that's real. <laughs> sometimes it is that, and yeah. that's amazing. And then sometimes right. the, mm-hmm. the empowerment, the healing, the, the breakthrough, whatever it is, sometimes it's delayed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it needs a little bit of incubation period and maybe you needed to process and then you needed that support. You needed that feedback and right. yeah. And then that's your unique journey in that. And I, I appreciate that, you know, the empowerment doesn't, there's no time to these things, you know, like there's no Mm -hmm. time limit or expectation, you know, it. So I appreciate that a lot for mamas who might be going into a second or third birth, kind of hoping for that, Mm -hmm. or kind of maybe putting some expectation or weight on that, that by having a different kind of birth or having any sort of different outcome that it will just, you know, eliminate all the stuff where everything will be shifted. Um, And that's possible. And kind of what you were saying about the birth plan, hold on to that, hold space for that, but don't be, Mm -hmm. you know, tight grip attached to what it is and allow for and trust in your process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's beautiful. That's very real. And I appreciate (laughs) you sharing that. 
Yeah, of course. Wow. Wow, wow. Lauren, this has been some amazing stuff. I am so grateful to you for just, we hit a lot of stuff here in this conversation. We did, didn't we? Um, so this, we is, this is full, full circle um, as far yes. as all of it. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. Um, is there any kind of last parting words of, you know, uh, affirmation or, or information resource that you would want to leave mamas with? Um, I definitely think the biggest thing that I tell, you know, first time moms is just that birth plan thing, you know, definitely make a birth plan. I don't want to go the other way and say, don't want to make a birth plan because it might not go that way. You know, I think it's definitely important to do your research, know your options, um, have a birth plan. Um, and if you want to call it like a birth wish list, maybe even, but have these things that you want to happen and that are your goals but know that birth is birth and things happen. And um, if you have the right team, then those things aren't going to happen unnecessarily. And you're going to be part of all of that decision-making. So I think, you know, make your birth plan, um, but have an open mind and very, very carefully choose your team. That is definitely my um, biggest advice to first time moms or just moms who want a different experience the second time around or third time around or whatever. So, um, and hire a birth photographer. (laughs) Yes. Side note, definitely do that. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, and what area do you service just in case there are moms who are like, I'm in North Carolina. How can I find Lauren? What area do you serve? Yeah. So I am in Winston-Salem. Um, but I will go to, um, really any of the surrounding areas here, I'll go to Charlotte and I will also go to Raleigh, um, for certain special moms. I will make the trip about two hours. I will do it. Beautiful. Um, Cool. Cool. Um, and for those of you wondering, you know, with, uh, Lauren's first birth, as well as how you can find her, see her photography, I'll include links to all of that in the show notes. So you can check that out. Um, Lauren Thomas, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being (laughs) on the doing it at home podcast. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. I'm so happy that I could be here. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.